Chapter Five of Eighty Seven by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five Opportunity. It was some minutes before he received his answer. In the meantime, the boy on the fence took his hands out of his pockets and ran the fingers of his left one through his curly hair in a way he had when perplexed or a trifle embarrassed. Should he or should he not? would this fellow who seemed to have no sort of desire to get away from his present position understand but on the other hand whether he was understood or not was he not bound to pass the word along suppose the boy should laugh when he made that promise to himself no to god under the trees in the starlight did he reserve a chance to keep silence if he was afraid somebody would laugh or even sneer under the trees how vividly he remembered that august evening starlight more stars it seemed to him than had ever before twinkled down on the old earth very tall trees casting their shadows making weird motions on the grass beckoning somebody somewhere so it had seemed to him very near him arranged on a rude stand had burned a fire of pine knots now dying down into almost extinction then suddenly bursting forth again to illumine so much of the world as the flames could reach illumining for the boy the face of one man a face which he felt he could never forget there was something grand in it he was no student of human nature this boy and did not understand the subtle power which drew and held him toward that face he understood the voice better the great glorious voice which rolled out such a volume of melody as reached away beyond the tops of the tall trees away beyond moon and stars even up to the door of heaven a joyful voice and yet a solemn one strong brave solemn words always set to the music which he sang this boy who was not supposed to be particularly emotional felt his nerves thrill with a peculiar sensation and his breath seemed to come in throbs when he heard one moonlight night just as he reached the top of the hill and was about to plunge down toward the torch-lighted grove the strong voice roll out the words all for jesus all for jesus all my being's ransomed powers it was not new sentiment to him he had been reared in a christian home had been a member of the visible church of christ for three years had been told in sabbath school and from the pulpit and by his mother's voice times without number that all his strength and time and talents belonged to the lord that he was bound to give an account for the way in which he employed every power he possessed yet when he heard those words sung by that glorious voice he stopped and drew in his breath and shivered as if with sudden chill and the meaning of the words took hold of him for the first time all my beings ransomed powers who did it who gave their powers of voice and motion entirely to jesus he made a swift circuit of his acquaintances and declared to himself that he knew not one did this singer he wondered if not how could he dare to roll those words up the hill in such majesty as they were coming now if they pierced the clouds as they seemed to do and reached the throne did god see that they were only mockery 
he made a sudden resolve to watch that man to learn all about him that he could to discover if he lived such words as these or only sang them there had been a week of watching before the evening to which his thoughts returned as he sat on the fence watching all unknown to the singer when he sang on the platform when he strolled through the grounds or loitering under a tree chatted with a friend when he floated idly over the quiet lake resting when he sat in the crowded dining hall at lunchtime constantly he was under the watch of a keen-eyed boy who was weighing his words and ways and even his laugh to see if they matched his song a trying ordeal certainly for a human life but the boy as on the evening in question he watched the face pale and glow again in the changeful light acknowledged to himself with a thrill of satisfaction and a throb of almost pain that life and song fitted wonderfully well satisfaction because by this time he had made a hero of the singer and would not have liked him to fail pain because he realized as he had never done before that he was equally bound with this grand-voiced man to have a life and profession correspond it could be done for this stranger was doing it then he must do it too the thought oppressed him frightened him what a life to live he slipped away under the trees away from the stand and the voices and strolled down toward the lake in the solemn starlight to think over the thought it happened that the singer also slipped away and strolled in the same direction thinking his pleasant thoughts and humming softly a strain from a song he had just led or if on joyful wing cleaving the sky sun moon and stars forgot upward i fly still all my song shall be nearer my god to thee nearer to thee and so humming he came upon the boy he had never spoken to him never noticed him before but now he laid a kind hand on the young shoulder and said that is what we want brother isn't it to get nearer every day to him you belong to him don't you yes sir the boy said promptly enough but his face flushed and there came to him almost a guilty sensation had he really a right to say such a wonderful thing as that he belonged to god the wonder of it had never struck him before that is good there was such a hearty satisfaction in the voice that the boy could not help feeling he had made his questioner glad by his answer then do you know one of the very best ways of getting near to him tell others the story point him out be on the watch for an opportunity to introduce your friend tis joy not duty to speak his beauty that is the way you want to feel it grows on one if you take up the resolve to pass the word along you will find it becomes a joy a bell had struck just then and the singer had turned suddenly with a bright parting smile and taken long strides back toward the torch-lighted stand 
and it was one of these words the boy was thinking as he sat on the fence and looked at the tramp on the stone was this an opportunity at last he spoke there's a thing to remember that you don't belong to yourself after all and are bound to do the best you can with your time and strength and everything i don't belong to myself there you're mistaken grandfather if there is a thing that i have been made to understand ever since i was a shaver big enough to walk it was that i did not belong to anybody else in the world and if i don't belong to myself either it's a pretty pass then after a moment's hesitation in a slightly lower tone i haven't got any father to belong to that is what i wanted to tell you it is what i meant of course you have god and he is your father you know the tramp stared i don't know any such thing wouldn't it be a queer kind of a father who would have a son tramping around the world as i'm doing nowhere to sleep and nothing to eat or wear well but you may not be doing as he told you if he gives you directions that would set all these things straight and you don't obey them you can't lay the blame on him you know you don't know what you are talking about i've had no directions from anybody and no hint that anybody in the world or any other world cared a red cent where i went or what i did or what became of me that kind of thing may belong to fellows like you but it does not fit here oh yes it does fit the boy jumped from the fence and stood upright his face aglow his embarrassment gone he was sure about the opportunity and a longing desire to say the right word to this desolate fellow swept over him filling his soul with courage it fits perfectly and i know exactly what i am talking about i know god loves you and would like to take care of you he has made all the plan and given directions and the trouble with you is you haven't looked them up if i were you i would turn over a new leaf and start fresh you're young enough to catch up and the directions are plain and easy no they aren't so very easy they take pluck and patience but they are worth doing how do you know trying it yourself yes i am as true as you live i am i make a hundred mistakes in a day and i find plenty of things that take a fellow's pride down but i'm trying for it and i know what i am talking about when i tell you it is the only kind of life worth living and as for the directions why they are plenty enough and easy to be understood a fellow can't read one verse in the bible without finding he paused suddenly a troubled doubtful look spreading over his face i suppose you know how to read he said a queer smile hovered for a moment over the face of the young tramp in an instant he was back in a red schoolhouse with the hum of children's voices all about him and with vine sitting just behind the class and whispering when he sat down after reading his verse win that was read just lovely i do think you are the beautifulest reader his one accomplishment it had been and he had not thought of it nor of the little red schoolhouse for months his answer was brief and untruthful oh i can spell out words if they aren't too long well that will do some of them are short enough but it takes a lifetime to practice them there's a little book not a bible but verses from it 
small enough to carry in your jacket pocket what if i should give it to you would you study out a verse now and then and try to find some directions in it couldn't promise said the tramp rising suddenly i've lived without directions for so long it would come tough to work under orders i wouldn't mind about taking the book i could eat it you see if i couldn't read it it's big enough to bring in a loaf of bread i dare say and maybe a herring or two for relish the eager look died out of the face of the well-dressed boy he turned slowly and moved toward the gate he had tried and failed close to the gate he turned back again and drawing from his pocket a tiny book not more than two inches square handed it to the tramp there it is i hope you won't sell it for bread i hope you'll go to work and earn bread like an honest fellow i think a great deal of that little book aunt mary gave it to me and she is dead but i mean to let you have it maybe something will come of it maybe there will if you don't want it to go for bread why we'll say doughnuts or pumpkin pie i'm not particular and with a wicked look in his eyes and a disheartening smile on his face the boy reached out a dirty hand for the little book which was held towards him thrust it into a dirty pocket and slouched away his would-be friend watched him quite down the street and around the corner then he opened the gate and went slowly up the walk i tried he said to himself it is the first time i ever attempted to say a word to a fellow i didn't know pretty well but some way it seemed just as though i ought i guess i did nothing but harm and yet i can't help feeling glad i tried he was whistling again before he reached the door of his home a low sweet strain nearer my god to thee were the words in his mind he was right he said aloud as he opened the side door it does make one feel nearer to try even if it doesn't do anybody else any good it helps a fellow on his own road tisn't very easy to do sometimes it wasn't to-day i know but i mean to do more of it as for our poor young tramp he did no whistling long before he reached the corner the smile had faded from his face and instead it was seamed with frowns strange thoughts had been stirred in his heart by the words of the boy not much older than himself the utter and hopeless difference between his lot and that of boys who belonged to sheltered homes had often pressed upon him in all its bitterness bringing always with it a feeling of being ill-treated of not having had a fair chance in life he had nursed this feeling until it had grown strong within him i am not sure that the thought had ever presented itself that he was himself to blame for his friendless loveless life he had meant different things when he ran away from josiah griggs's farmhouse he had meant to work and study and make a man of himself but fate had been too much for him it was never winter kellen's fault but always fate's Today, a mere boy surely not more than a year older than himself had thrust aside all such reasoning without argument and taken it for granted that this miserable life he led was of his own choosing and could be turned from at will much he knows about it said winter bitterly 
i'd just like to change clothes with him and start him out on a tramp like the easiest of mine and see what he would think when he had brought up the third or fourth night without anything to eat and not much to wear he'd find he needed something beside his ridiculous little book to hearten him up what a precious muff he was to imagine i'd study this book he laughed again bitterly very bitterly for a boy of fifteen as he drew out the despised little volume and held it off from him in one thumb and finger eyeing it with disdain what had possessed him to take the tiny book he was not mean enough to want to exchange it for bread as he had pretended he certainly did not want to read it what motive had impelled him to stretch forth his hand and take what was the boy's treasure and was utterly worthless to himself i don't know why i did it he muttered to himself but there was something in the young muff's eyes which made me feel as though i couldn't disappoint him by refusing his book i wonder what the fellow's name is with this wonder in mind he opened the volume to search for a name on the fly-leaf but it had no fly-leaf that had been torn away the reading began at once and the very first verse was he that overcometh shall inherit all things and i will be his god and he shall be my son End of chapter five